What up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Fortnite Story. I'm joined alongside an awesome creative, a creative director, some may say, Heaven. Uh, he's currently with Fusion, but, you know, maybe there's more in the future. We'll see. Uh, Heaven, what's going on, man? What's going on? How are you doing? Hey, no complaints, bro. I've had a, a solid day, just streamed, played some scrims, getting ready for FNCS, right. so super pumped. Right. Should be fun. How, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I I mean, it's been a long day. I'd work, but uh, I mean, get back, ready to grind, you know, my online job. So pretty excited. All right, cool, cool. Uh, so start every podcast off like this. Gotta ask, where does heaven come from? How'd you get the name? Um, me, I am, a, I am a very, um, religious person. I, you know, believe in a higher being and you know, there's, I mean, of course, there's several different things I could have, directions I could have taken, but I just like the, the name Heaven and, and, you know, the meaning behind it and um, in Afterlife. And I thought it would be pretty cool, you know, remove a couple letters. And I was trying to find like a short, because my name before, uh, my Xbox name was Quiet Raptor 1. So, uh, you know, I tried to find something a little bit shorter, um, something unique that people could know me by. And you know, I was trying to think of things that were really important in my life and something that, you know, could spark conversation and I could talk about and I could be passionate about. And, you know, this is something that I I thought about and I was like, OK, that could be pretty cool. So and I'm, I mean, as far as I know, I've only met one other person that has it spelled like me, but it's not even it's heavens. So okay. so pretty unique. Yeah, it is unique. I like it. I when I first saw you na your name, it like didn't click to me that it was heaven. And then I was like looking at your profile, seeing a little more about you. I was like, oh, okay, that's like, that's what he's going for. That makes sense. I like the name. Um, now, I, I need you to explain what exactly you do and pretend I have no idea uh, what a creative director is or even like what else you do. So let's start with what you, what you do for Fusion. And then if there's anything else, like I'd love to hear about that. So yeah, I work in a variety of different ways. I work with individual creators and then I work with my organization. Um, but with my, as far as my organization, Fusion Esports goes, um, a, a simple way to put it is anything YouTube, um, that's, that goes through me, that, that's what I'm involved with. Um, so what, what basically it is, is in the real world, um, it's called a project manager. Um, so what they do is, you know, they gather all the assets needed to produce certain um, media or videos or whatever it might be on different socials to post on the social for the public. Um, so as the creative director, um, I'm the one who I communicate with the players and the creators and I set up recording dates and I make sure um, everything is, you know, good that way and then I you know actually execute those ideas I come up with the ideas for videos um, and then I set up recording dates um, get all that recorded um, and then once that's all recorded I get it all in a drive you know all the footage whatever video it might be um, and then I send it all over to an editor and then you know I have some ideas for designers uh, I get all of that done uh, so you know after a while after the design is done for the thumbnail and then after the edit is done for the video um, I put it on our YouTube, whatever YouTube it might be, whether it's my organization YouTube or my client YouTube, um, and I upload it. I do all the metadata, so titles, tags, descriptions, um, and and stuff like that. And then, you know, it's posted up on the YouTube channel, and then, you know, I, I make sure 
there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a lot of uh, time. It's, it's very time consuming. It, it requires a lot of um, it's more passive, I would say, because, you know, a lot of it is just messaging this editor and messaging this designer and then, you know, messaging these creators to set up a recording date. But a lot of it, um, it requires a lot of organization. Uh, so, you know, I have to ha organize all my thoughts. I have this one um, app. I ca it's called Trello. I don't know if you've yeah. ever heard of it before, yeah, yeah. but I organize all my thoughts on there. I have I color code them. I do the times of the recording dates. And, you know, I do the participation, like who participates in the video and I keep track of that so I can, you know, have those people who were left out for the next video and, you know, so on and so forth. And it's just a way to organize my thoughts. And, you know, it's very easy whenever you're working with like, I work with five channels right now. And, you know, I do all content for all of five of those channels. And, you know, you could probably imagine how, how much that would be the workload so you really need something that where you can look at it and say okay this is everything i need to get done and this is everything that needs to be get done and this is what i need to do it so all right hey that's a lot like people may think oh you just put it out a youtube video who cares oh yeah but oh, yeah especially when working with an org when you're trying to get all these people invested in this and not only do you need them yeah, to definitely. actually show up and record but you need them to like put in effort and sometimes yeah, and, that's tough. And not only are you, yeah, not only are you working with your own schedule, you're working with two, three, four other people's schedule as well. So they have their own things going on. You know, pr the prior planning that goes into videos, you know, I'm over here in um, Fortnite tracker looking at the competitive, you know, schedule and make sure I don't schedule a video for, you know, when there's like a dual cash cup or whatever. So there's a lot of planning that goes into it and there's a lot of different ways you can execute it, but you know, it's fun. It's my passion. I love doing it. So cool. How'd you get started doing that? Because that's kind of um, like a difficult path to find your way through. Yeah. If you're not like a big YouTuber, I would imagine. Yeah. So the, how I got my start was I was actually an editor. Um, so, you know, some people you probably know that I've edited for, I've edited for, um, like NorCal I edited for extra when they were still a thing. I was in endless when they were still a thing. Um, I was in synergy and, you know, I had a lot of success in the post-production aspect of my career. And, um, you know, I was doing that a lot, but I did that for, I think I want to say maybe a year and a half, almost yeah. two years. Um, and I did it so much that I just got burnt out. Um, I don't get me wrong. I love editing i love my clients i love doing that but at that that was my passion at that time and man it was great while i did it but i just did it so much that i just got totally burnt out and i was like you know thinking about completely different things i could do with my um my online esports career and i was like okay maybe i could you know try some designing or and then i was like well what if i rather than completely s switch my abilities what if i just shift my focus and things I already knew about because as an as an editor you have to know a lot about um like viewer retention and view duration and things that you know would really delve an audience into a video and things that would you know keep them watching throughout the video um so that's something I already had a prior knowledge of as an editor and you know ways we can you know elevate a video to where you know as much you know viewer retention as possible so I was like, okay, no, having that knowledge, let's just add on to that. 
So let's learn about so let's learn about like CTR and um, you know different analytics like studying different demographics of different channels and you know what if I just put my focus on that and then maybe try out you know something like a content strategist or creative director or channel manager or whatever and it's been working really well because you know not only did I have those skills as an editor but I also built a ton of connections too so I genuinely have no problem finding editors for all my videos that I do for the fusion channel because I was so involved with it before that you know it's like oh you know all my editors I have in fusion are out for a week or they're all busy doing something else I was like okay this brand this name pops in my head this name pops in my head this name pops in my head I know they're reliable they're quick they were my friends and you know I can I can give them the commission so just it's it was basically shifting my focus into something that I would enjoy more that's good to hear. And sometimes you need to take that next step, right? Because now you have all the background and foundation to be a good creative. You know, okay, if I'm getting an editor, I'm getting a designer, like this is what they're actually going to have to do. I can't just tell them do this thing that's not physically possible because you know yeah, like, you've been exactly in, you've been yeah, in the and grind that's why, before. you know. As far as like when I interact with my editors, I give them plenty of time to edit the video. I keep it as low stress as possible because, you know, I remember I was at that one time where that client that I had was like, I need this done the next day. I need this done within a couple hours and I need it done to perfection. And it's like, okay, this just isn't possible. I can't do that. So it's, a, you know, I try to keep it as realistic as possible for my designers and editors. Nice, nice. And that's a... Also having those connections because I've done something similar to what you're doing. Um, it's not easy uh, just to find and have those connections of like, okay, here's someone I can actually trust, especially if they're not on the org already. Like, you know, if they're on the oh, org, yeah. they've been vetted in some kind of way. So you can somewhat trust them. But even still, mm -hmm. like in this space, a lot of kids, you get, might get like a 16 oh, yeah. year old that's just really good yeah. at editing stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah. no, nah, I'm going out tonight or I'm going to hang out with my friends. I'm not doing this. Like, All right, bro, yeah. come on. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so, yeah, those expectations, understanding things, really important. Uh, now, as far as your job, you do Fusions YouTube and then you also work with players on the org. Is that correct? Yes, sir, I do. Okay. And how long have you been doing that? Um, So I want to say... On the actual Fusion channel, I am coming up on seven or eight months. Um, and then as far as the individual clients, I only just started doing it maybe two, three months ago. Um, so, of course, a lot of that knowledge transfers. Um, you know, it's just, of course, every channel is different. And, um, you know, their audience and, you know, what their viewers want to see from their channel but there's still a lot of things that can translate from channel to channel um, that, you know, hasn't been that hard on me. Nice, nice. So seven months, that's a long time to do something within this space, you know, in real life. Seven months yeah. isn't that long. Uh, oh, have yeah. you learned a ton? Like what has been some of the biggest takeaways that you've gotten? Um, I mean, it. a big shocker to me was just how much work it really takes i mean i started off on just the fusion channel i mean that's all i worked on all i did was set up those recording dates and then you know i got the editors designers and then i upload on the youtube channel that's one channel and then oh this person 
you know, needs a YouTube manager. Oh, okay, I can do that. And then it's went two, and then it went to three, and then it went to four, and then it went to five, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And just slowly like snowballed into this thing. And it was like, okay, I, my, I really had to learn about time management. Um, because a big thing with me is like, I, you know, I'll sit there on TikTok for like four hours, <laughs> just, you know, wasting my life away when I know I have a video to upload that type of thing. And I have to learn, okay, you know, maybe let's not do that. Maybe let's focus and, you know, turn my computer on and then, you know, upload this channel, talk to these editors, get in a call with them, you know, visualize this thing that I want for their channel and then get with the designer and then, you know, you find some tags, study the analytics, stuff like that. So, you know, that's, that's a big thing was time management that I, I had to learn really quick. Um, and then also another thing I learned uh, just how, how deep it really runs, how YouTube really is. I mean, YouTube is one of the most interesting socials, I want to say. Um, a lot of these, you know, you take TikTok, TikTok, for instance, you know, it's not, I mean, I'm not saying there's no skill required. Of course, there's skill required, but a lot of it is luck. I mean, you see these videos that minimal effort are put in and it's just, you know, millions and millions of views. And it's like, you know, what, really? Whereas, you know, you have a video, a YouTube video that you put so much effort into, you spend hours and hours and, you know, t a lot of money and it gets, you know, 20, 30, 40 views. And it's like, really? Are you kidding me? Um, but it really applies to the think smarter, not harder. Um, I had to really, I, I mean, I'm in Google Trends. I'm looking at trends, what's trending. You know, the other day I was thinking about shooting a video that involved the minions. That would be <laughs> hilarious because that was trending. Yeah. That was something that would get views. Um, you know, even stupid stuff like that, like the minions. It's like, you know, that would get views. But um, unfortunately, I can't do a video with that. That would be hilarious, though, if I was able to. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's studying the trends, studying Google Trends, what's trending, what's relevant. Um, and then also really connecting with that audience and seeing what they like and what they want. Um, from that specific channel, that's a big thing too. Um, so yeah, it just it runs a lot deeper than you know from the surface when you first get into it than what you see. Okay, so over time, it's developed into more than what you would have thought it would be, yeah, and then definitely. you've gotten better at like the whole process, um, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool to hear. Uh, is there like a favorite video on? Let's just stick to the Fusion channel for now that you've worked on. Okay man i i'm gonna go on the youtube on the fusion channel because there's one that pops into my head right now but i don't know if i want to say it because it's not out yet uh-oh um probably probably the edgy announcement video the edgy announcement that was video. one of okay. that was one of my favorites personally um just a big thing that sets a team org apart, whoever's watching this, is IRL interaction. You know, you get all these teams, you get all these orgs where every interaction they have between members is online and it's through a screen, through a computer. If you get that in, like in-person interaction, you get a videographer. If you, I mean, of course, I know not everyone has the money, not everyone has the assets to do that. But if you do, it brings a whole new reality and it brings a video just to that next level um like we you know we brought fusion we brought edgy over to the fusion house we had this idea what if we 
um, made fun of the fact that they're gamers and they're not actors. Like, you know, we have the mess up whenever they're holding the boom mic and have him <laughs> rub his hair. And, you know, we have sticks knocking over the light on accident. What if we did that? And, you know, shine light on the fact that, okay, you know, we set these high expectations on these pro players, not necessarily competitive wise, but, you know, content creator or, you know, just acting. Like we think they're the, you know, because they have all these numbers on every social, they have thousands of hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter that, you know, they're going to be the Chris Pratt of the Fortnite <laughs> scene. You know, not everyone's going to be a stable Ronaldo. That's just the fact. Yeah. Um, so what if we shine light on that? The expectation for these pro players are just, you know, insane. And, you know, at towards the end of the IRL skit portion of that, you know, Edgy just says, we're not actors like, guys, what are we doing? FNCS is coming up. We need to get a video out. And then boom, montage. And it's just like, it's it's a cool transition. And it's just a cool, it's a really cool montage too because we incorporated IRL panoramic shots of Edgy in the um, montage. Um, so it was, a, it was a lot of fun to record. I wasn't there um, when it happened, when they recorded it, but I was able to, you know, I interacted with the editors a lot and really had a vision for this. And I really helped bring it to life. And it was, it was really, it's a true honor um, for someone as big as edgy um, to be involved in a project like that. So that's one of my favorite videos, I would say. Nice. I like that one. That, that and the sticks one. Uh, were Those sticks was really good too. Ones. Yeah. I like sticks too. Sticks is such a nice guy too. Um, you know, his personality is definitely more focused on, you know, the content creation and, you know, although, you know, we shine, shine light on, you know, we set these expectations and they're not actors. Sticks, I'm convinced he could be an actor. Like this guy <laughs> is just a natural. When we record videos, this guy, you know, doesn't have to double take for an intro. He just, he's got it down. He's, he's, he's got it. So I'm, I'm really, I love working with him too. Cause I work on his YouTube channel, such an, a nice guy, easy to work with. And um, I, I love him a lot. So. Yeah, he was uh the first guest on the podcast. So Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I was You know, Sticks is great. I love Sticks. So happy to just speak with him. He's a very like motivated guy too. So oh, yeah. just he's down to earth talk, too. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I love hearing him just tell his story, talk about what he likes because he's so passionate about everything. Um, yeah. so I can understand from your perspective, yeah. it's gotta be one of the easier people to work with oh, as yeah. long as you're by far you know putting in the work then he'll put in the work yeah definitely um now outside of youtube and working with creators and fusion is there do, do you play the game at all like because you're focused in um, fortnite so specifically yeah so i used to um i used to play it a lot um before you know i had this job and everything and I mean, Fortnite's a great game. Um, definitely not at its best state right now, in my opinion. But um, I still, you know, as a casual player, you know, I used to be one of those kids like I need to grind every single day, crank my 90s so I can be a professional player. You know, that's that's the kind of thing. And then I realized, okay, I'm you know absolute garbage at Fortnite. Maybe I should try something else. And that's when I picked up editing. That's when I started doing that. So now it's when I play the game, it's a lot less pressure on me to perform well you know whenever i play arena or whenever i play pubs or creative and it's just a lot more laid back and chill and i can just sit there with my friends and just you know have a good time so i i still do like playing it um whenever i do have time of course um it's a it's a great way to spend my time nice what else do you like to do do you, do you 
have other hobbies or work or things um, that you do outside of? I do. Uh, don't ask me to sing, but I do like to sing. Um, okay. So how are you going to uh, ask me not to ask you to sing? If you're saying I, you like under to sing? pressure, it's just, I don't know. Like on the spot, that's one of the things I just don't like. It's on the spot. It's like, hey, you said you like to sing. Sing right now. It's like, uh, <laughs> we'll come know. back to that later. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I like to play other games too. I mean, I'm a big fan of Red Dead Redemption 2. Ooh, great that game. is top tier game in my opinion. I finished that game in like, I want to say three, four days. Oh, um, yeah, no, it was, I, I loved it so much. Um, I, I spent a lot of time with my family. I, that's definitely one thing I do like to do. Um, as far as hobbies, I don't really, I mean, I just don't have time to, I mean, what I do for work is my, are my hobbies and is my, there are my passions. So, you know, whenever people ask me my hobbies, I just tell them what I do for work. And, you know, that's, that's the way I like to spend my time. So. Yeah. That's cool, man. The fact that you're able to do that and turn a hobby into something that's not only creating yeah. money for you, but like creating long-term value knowledge. Uh, because one of the, the biggest things that I've tried to do is until I'm like 30 or so, it's very important just to keep learning a ton and it's not necessarily about making a ton of money. It's more about building everything up here so that later in life, when you have to like dive in and make all those steps, you've had that experience. You've done those things. So yeah, most definitely. I'm with you on that one. I, I, I have some hobbies. Like I like playing, playing games obviously. And then enjoy sports i'm gonna go play some golf or disc golf with my buddy tomorrow but you know i love that something i've first seen as just like video games is now turned into much more yeah, so i feel that keep going man yeah thank you you too i'll try my best try my best um now i have to ask is there from like your perspective is there advice you'd be able to provide let's say like an editor now going back to like your foundation let's let's say i'm a 15 year old right and i've never worked with anyone before i've only edited my own montages and they're pretty good good enough to where people are like oh okay you know maybe I, i'd work with that kid do you have any advice to have for a kid to like break into the scene or like how'd you even get started okay um I mean, of course, there's the distinction between just editing for yourself and what you think you like, and then working with clientele who, oh, that's another brain on the topic, and maybe they like something that I think is cool, and maybe they have a different opinion on it, and maybe, you know, they had a different idea for that. Um, that's a big step. So learning to work with people um, is, a big, is a big thing. Um, learn to understand where they're coming from. Um, even if you don't think, you know, I mean, I've been in several situations where it's like, this will kill your video if you do this, but I do it anyways, because that's what the client wants. Um, but, you know, learn to work with people, learn to communicate. That's a big thing. Um, going from going from being commissioned as an editor to commissioning editors to outsourcing um, and delegating is, you know, you have to translate like I, I had to learn, okay, what are, what were my experiences? 
in as an editor that, okay, maybe they're thinking the same exact thing, or I don't want to put them in the same situation, or I should put them in the same situation. Um, so communication is a big one. You know, always give updates as often as you possibly can. Um, I guarantee people who use editors love that. They love being updated every once in a while. Hey, this is how the video is doing or sending a screenshot of, can you know, this. Yeah. And, and it's not like a thing where you ghost them for three, four days and then, you know, you're left there asking, hey, how's the video coming along? They're like, oh, I'm almost done. When in all reality, they haven't even started. Um, that's been there. Too. Usually that it's not sad. Fun. Yeah. It's sad, but it's the, I mean, I, I've been there too. Like I've been at the point where I was so busy. It's like, yeah, I'm almost done, man. Like give me like two, three hours. And then I'm over there like scrambling, putting the footage into Premiere Pro, you know, that type of thing. So um, learn how to communicate. Uh, and the biggest thing I would say is reliability. Um, definitely, I think one thing, I know you talked about what set me apart, what got me started as an editor and how I started getting clients and, you know, started getting paid for this kind of stuff was every time an editor com or every time someone commissioned me as an editor, they know they're it's going to get done within the next couple of days. And they knew it would be, you know, high quality and they knew, you know, it would be done efficiently. And a lot of these editors, what they go through is this cycle of just you know, being, they're lazy in all honesty and they just, you know, get it done whenever they feel like getting it done, you know, when they don't see it as a job and like, okay, this needs to be done in two, three, four days, you know, however big the project, it could be a bigger project that could take weeks, but, you know, still work diligent, diligently on it and still, you know, try your best to get it done. Uh, so, you know, that's, I feel like the, those things are, are the biggest part. Um, I mean, of course, there's skill involved. Uh, creativity is a big one. Um, do something I've never seen before. Go for it. You know, I love seeing things where it's like, whoa, that 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 surprised me. That shocked me. That that was pretty cool. What you just did, um, especially montages. Like, if you're a montage editor and you do something, highlight editor, you do something that nobody's ever seen before. That's what's gonna make you blow up. That's what's gonna get you the money. That's what's gonna set you apart from everyone else. So. I would focus on that a lot of these, especially highlight editors, no shade on the highlight editing community, but a lot of it is just rinse and repeat. Oh, um, you know, you talk about, you know, the clones uh, and, you know, just taking what the last person did and just doing the same exact thing. And I just feel like, I mean, that's an okay way to, pro to work, but, you know, if you really want to take your career to the next level in this community is you need to set yourself apart. You need to be unique and you need to think of creative ideas too you know, execute your videos. Um, yeah, so yeah. And, important. and another, yeah, another point with uh, the communication aspect is, you know, one thing I have to go through is, you know, <laughs> I'm like, Hey, are your commissions open? And then, you know, expecting them to say, yeah, you know, send me the footage, whatever. I'm like, Oh, I'm out of town for the next two weeks. And it's like, well, <laughs> okay, well now I'm left, you know, stranded and I got to find another editor to edit for two weeks. You know, that's one thing where, you know, I always stress on my editors, I say, hey, if you're, I understand, you know, things pop up and, you know, you, you go do other things besides editing. I'm not expecting you to slave away at all these videos that, you know, I want you to do. But at the same time, at least let me know if you, if it's a thing where you know in advance, let me know in advance. So that way I could plan ahead. And I know things pop up last second. That's understandable. I don't really have a problem with that. But, you know, things where it's like, oh, I've known this 
is gonna happen for like a month now and i decided not to tell you until yesterday and it's just like really are you serious <laughs> uh, so so that simply put communication reliability being unique and what was the first one i forget what you said uh in all honest i, I think i forgot too oh no <laughs> I said well, too much that I just forgot. Go go back and listen to the podcast and hear whatever the first yeah, yeah. one he said was. I know re- reliability, uh, creativity, and then communication. Those are I think those three things alone will set you apart from you know everyone else. Yeah, and I think honestly understanding that there's value in what you do, and someone is yeah. paying you for your work, so respect oh, yeah. that they're paying you for your work. Yeah. and respect your own value it's like finding that fine line of okay how much do i value myself at and then how much does the market value what i'm putting out at which is a really interesting piece because there's kids you could find a, a highlight editor for five bucks like there, there's people that'll throw quick little highlights intro boom then just cut clip to clip with like standard transitions that they bought online and that's all you'll get. But then the unique thing is what really stood out to me, right? Because I don't necessarily care for Fortnite montages or highlight videos. Like to me, they're all, I want to go watch like a cash cup recap, right? Like I enjoy watching the competitive side. So the less like craziness there is, the better. But occasionally there is a montage that someone puts out and it's like, holy shit, this is like, in fact, the greatest thing that I've ever seen. One of my, one of my favorite trends that happened in the highlight comp, you know, whenever people like you, you might not know, but Neeks, um, those type of people, they started doing 3d animation into the montage. Like there's this one where they kill the guy, but then the wall went up and it went through like a tunnel, a 3D animated tunnel and into the next clip. And that thing just like <laughs> blew my mind. I was like, this is just, <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. Um, but that was, one, that was one of my favorite things that, you know, and that was one thing where, you know, back to what I was saying before, Neeks, he did that, he blew up and he got hundreds, thousands of dollars off of just that alone, the 3D, you know, animation. And you know, that's one thing you you really need to do as an editor, designer, whatever, is just set yourself apart and give the client a reason to commission you. And whenever they give them the confidence to know that whenever I buy from this guy, I'm going to get something that nobody's ever seen before. You know, no matter what the price. I mean, of course, I mean, that's a whole other issue is people overpricing, underpricing. But well, I won't get into that just yet. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. I, I really, I'm a big fan of like the cinematics when you see someone, you know, because the oh, clips yeah. are made separately than a cinematic. Someone has to go in, understand how Fortnite replay mode works, and like capture those as basically a yeah. separate clip, then blend it in with the clip that they had, which I find so unique uh, because a lot of people, you know, you could do a quick little flyover. Now we're seeing all those videos that are, uh, what are them like your standard drop spot video of just like a cinematic of a POI. All right, cool. That's fine. But you go that extra step, you go in game, you get the right skin, you clip something that inner, like somewhat fits that to me. I I love those. Um, Mm -hmm. Now you you said get to it in a sec, but uh, I'm going to ask you now. So like, what do you value different? So like a a (laughs) highlight, a montage, like a, 
this is this is a sore subject because a lot of editors what they do is they like that you pay for the name and <laughs> in reality they suck at editing but they're famous and guess what you pay two hundred dollars for their name and you pay you know you that's what you pay for and it's like you know i can understand that because you know especially if you worked hard to get to where you are I can understand inflating your prices and you know making it a little bit more exclusive um, to who, for who you want to edit, edit for and um, I can understand that but uh, you know at times it's just like okay I I don't know who you are why and you do you know really I mean it's just generic and why are you charging three hundred dollars it's just like I really don't see it and there's other times where it's like you know that video was crazy and you charged me like a five dollars like you know that type of thing so it's just like i mean of course i'm i'm not mentioning any names um but there's several out there um but i mean i from what i've you know i've interacted with a lot of you know notable editors in the community and they all seem like for the most part seem like really nice guys and you know you could tell they worked hard to be where they are and you know they they worked on that creativity and the reliability and the communication and they really um strive for that type of thing and um you know i mean it's something where not you know especially in a community full of like a bunch of 12 13 14 year olds they're you're not going to get little kids throwing hundreds of dollars at you that's just not realistic um but if you do start off you got to start off somewhere um especially as an editor you know i edited for free until someone asked me how much I charged. And then I said like $5. And that's when I was doing highlight editing. And, um, you know, that it was that kind of thing. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm doing 20 videos a week. I don't have time for this. Maybe I should charge 10, 15, $20. And that, you know, went from there. And then I started doing content editing. And that was, you know, content editing is completely different from highlight editing. You charge a lot more, a lot of time goes into it. A lot of you know a, a lot more effort goes into that type of stuff so i tried started charging more and then you know even when i was a content editor i started at a really low price and then i just went up and up and up and up until i got to the point where i was like okay yeah every video i'm doing right now is worth it to me so so yeah i mean you got to really evaluate yourself as as an editor as a person as a designer and just say hey you know, you got to be humble in some aspects. It requires you to be humble. You got to say, hey, you know, even though I know I'm good at what I do, I need to start somewhere. And, you know, I need to start at, you know, this price, this price. And then there's other times where it's like you need to realize a lot of these big editors, they overwork themselves. And, you know, you need to have a little bit of pride in you to say, hey, I'm not going to edit for these random PS4 kids for, <laughs> you know, $2.50. I need to, you know, up my clientele. I need to, you know, do all this. And so... It's just a mix of both, I would say. Yeah, it's steps. I, I went through a, a similar thing when I was first started casting. So, like, somebody asked me to do a random community event. We were playing. It was a pub match with, like, 20 to 40 people in it. It was a pub, pub custom match. I, I remember specifically. This was the first tournament I ever casted. They're so like, oh, you know, we saw your YouTube videos. Do you want to do this? Sure. I've never done this before. But then... I did it for them. I did it again. And then somebody reached out to me. It was like, yo, we have this, you know, $3,000 oh, yeah. tournament coming up. Do you want to do this? And I'm like, how much do you want? 
I have no clue. No one ever tells you how yeah. much you're supposed to pay for these things. So I, I threw a number at them. They're like, yeah, sure, that works. And that's basically been my entire career until like the past six months is like I finally have figured out all this different space and like where uh, casters and talent should be. So yeah. I can only imagine uh, the same way it, and the same things are happening within the creative space is everyone's yeah. just trying to figure out, you know, what is my worth and what are people willing to pay? Because then it's somewhere in between. Uh, mm -hmm. is, yeah. You know, I mean, I that's a, it. that's a, that's a big part is, you know, a really big step is evaluating yourself and not having too much, you know, not having too much pride, but also not being too humble. And you got to, you know, realize your own self-worth. And that's where a lot of people struggle too. It applies to every, you know, every, even in real life, the jobs, um, you know, if you're self-employed and you're doing, you know, whether you start your own business, entrepreneur, you know, whatever, um, you basically selling your services, right? Um, that's a real struggle for some people is evaluating yourself. What, what amount of money is worth my time? Um, you know, that kind of thing. And it applies to, you know, casting and editing and designing and, you know, even becoming a creative director and a content manager. Okay. I spend this many hours doing, you know, X amount of things. What amount of money is going to be worth my time? And then that's how I evaluated it. And of course, you know, there's several different factors, like how much experience do I have? You know, how long have I been doing this and stuff like that? So a lot nice. of things to think about. Yeah, definitely. It's not easy. And yeah, no, definitely not. It takes time to figure it out. You'll make mistakes. I mean, I know I made mistakes along the way, both overpricing oh, yeah. myself and underpricing myself. Uh, oh, yeah. So it's a learning experience and everyone will figure it out. Now, I, I want to go back to Fusion for a little bit and just tell me about that experience. I, I don't really know many. I, I knew Zanko. I had a couple of conversations with him here or there just via text. But other than that, like, I don't really know anyone over at Fusion. Uh, actually, no, Jacob. Is Jacob still, like, the general manager? Yeah, Jacob. Yeah, he's, uh, I think, supervisor or something like that. Consultant or something like okay. that. But I knew him from en Endless, I think. Endless. Because I, I, he got me to coach, not Panda, on en Endless. Oh, so, like, I'm that's... surprised we didn't meet each other then because I was in Endless. Really? Yeah. Well... I, I coached him like, I'm trying to think, it was the last duo FNCS I want to say, because it was Panda okay. and Stowe were playing together. This must have been like two years ago at this point. Yeah, it was probably before then because I joined like I think March of last year. Okay. And then I was there. I was in there until it ended. So it was a while ago, but I not I not that long ago where where you're thinking. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I, I got to meet him. He, he was always, like, a very straightforward guy. But, you know, tell me about your experience. Tell me about the org. Uh, if you um, know of anything coming up soon that you might want to hint at, you know, feel free to do yeah, that. Um, I mean, Fusion, it, it's in the process of going through, like, a managerial change. Uh, we just, you know, we just released Senko, which, you know, definitely was not easy. Uh, he was a core manager in our organization had a lot to do with our success and i'm super grateful for everything he did but you know with us moving out of the eu scene um and him living in italy it just didn't really make sense um that's the best explanation i can give you of course there's more but um that's really the main explanation is just you know it, it just didn't make sense for us at the time um 
but all love to him. Um, he's a super nice guy. I loved interacting with Zenko. Uh, he's, you know, the Italian stallion is what we call them. He's <laughs> super funny, nice guy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's other managers. We just brought on uh, Vibes, um, who actually worked with Parallel before um, they, you know, I don't know if they went public about it yet, but, you know, went through some manager changes. And uh, Bunny is another Parallel member. And we have Liquid and... Uh, we, I think we have a couple of Twitter, like Wolfie and Orlin, who was in overtime. Um, but yeah, we're bringing on a lot of new talent. We're bringing on a lot of new people um, with a lot of different skill sets. Um, and I mean, if you look at our Twitter, we've been going crazy. I mean, every almost all of our tweets, you know, we had a create, we have had such creative tweets um, that have gone done really well, and we've grown there. And you know, even our YouTube, like I've had help. Uh, his name is Liquid, but. Um, he used to be in Delirium. He was also in Parallel. Um, but I swear, this guy, every channel he touches, it just goes crazy. Um, like, he, he'll he behind the scenes help this channel. And, and I'm like, oh, you know, how how come, why does this video have 500? And why does this video have 5,000? The one right after it. He said, oh, that's when I started working with them. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And I mean... You know, for a while, um, my job in Fusion was basically more of just like a production and like a content, you know, thing um, where, you know, I would do the first part where I would organize the uh, the recording sessions and then I would commission the editors, the designers, and then I would give it to a channel manager to upload. And then Jacob, who you, you know, you know, uh, he said we got in a call one time and and I was like, well, I, you know, I'm doing a lot, but you know, I, I, I told him there's like more I can do. And he was like, why don't you do channel managing? And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then I, I started doing that. And of course, like starting it cold. I mean, of course I understood some of it, but for the most part, it was cold Turkey just going in and, you know, I spent a lot of time studying the analytics and really, you know, watching videos, watching a lot of Mr. Beast lectures and, you know, what his perspective on YouTube and, you know, a, a bunch of different creators and what they have to say about, you know, how to, um, you know, optimize a video and how it performs on YouTube. Um, so it's definitely a learning curve for me. Uh, and it definitely took a while, but, um, you know, and I'm even, even now I'm still learning and liquid is so knowledgeable on that type of stuff. Like he's the one who showed me all the Google trends and, um, you know, different demographics and how they affect different parts of the country and even different parts of the world. Um, like I manage one guy named Krizix and, um, he has a, you know, if you know who he is, he has a largely Latin American community and, you know, me not necessarily speaking Spanish. It was definitely a learning curve because, you know, all these tags are in Spanish. All the description is in Spanish titles in Spanish. And never use Google Translate. If you take one thing from this podcast, if you, you know, want to perform, you know, any sort of whatever it is, and you don't know Spanish and you want to translate something to Spanish, don't use Google Translate. Because Krizix has looked at me in some very stupid ways where he's like, <laughs> bro, are you serious? Like this, you know, how do you even pronounce this? This isn't even Spanish. You know, that type of thing. And it's like, well... You know, I, and I have, you know, other people to help me out translate things, but, you know, I mean, we're doing, we're, we're definitely doing a lot of work where I'm surrounded by a bunch of hard workers, which I feel like is very essential for an organization of our magnitude to function. Um, you know, we have some huge names and in order to maintain those huge names 
there has to be a lot that has to go on behind the scenes. Um, but we're it, it's a it's a lot of hard work being put in, uh, a lot of time, a lot of effort. I mean, we're constantly in chats thinking of ideas um, that we could take our brand to the next level. Um, we're really working now on brand uh, deals. That's one thing we're looking into. Uh, we have a couple brands maybe lined up. Um, can't really share much about that. I wish I could, but um, I'm really excited about that because you know we have clothing brands, we have peripheral but brands, you know stuff like that. And it's like you know it's like really cool. It's like you know how we're partnered with you know a keyboard. We're you know talking to a keyboard company where it's like millions of people buy these keyboards, and it's you know crazy and um uh and, and you know it, along with being surrounded by a bunch of hard workers we're also very active um you know there's very little downtime um and just like you know with my work and what i do how i commission editors there's a lot of passive um work so like dming this guy every once in a while getting updates you know whatever at dming this guy texting this guy calling this guy you know it's a lot of that too because i mean even when um you know we're we're busy you know, we're probably still talking, we're probably still calling, we're probably, you know, still texting. And um, that's one thing I really love about it is, you know, we're always active, always bouncing ideas off of each other. And um, we're always working on some project. And um, another big thing I would say is, uh, we have a very, um, we have a family vibe going on with artwork. Um, everyone is close. Uh, no, I wouldn't say not one person in our organization is kind of like an outcast who's left out of things. Um, I mean, we, 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 it's hard to see from an outside perspective, but it shows through everything we do. Um, so if you look at our videos, if you see all of our members, like, you know, they have a smile on their face while they're recording, you know, that's because we care about our players and we really do want what's best for them. Um, even when they're not in fusion, you know, anymore, you know, they part ways with us, you know, God forbid, but you know, we'd still want what's best for them. And, you know, we try, of course, with certain limitations, we try our best to help them succeed. Um, that's why we literally, you know, help pay for these, you know, editors and designers and these channel managers and, you know, stuff like that, where it's like, okay, some of these pro players, especially if they're younger, they don't realize the importance of content. Uh, you know, Fortnite, it's great. It's a great game, but it won't last forever. Um, no game will honestly last forever but you know youtube that will last forever instagram will last forever not forever forever but you know what i mean it will yeah. outlast your fortnite brand that you bring right so your instagram presence your tiktok presence your youtube presence that's what's still going to give you revenue from your career online and you know we and we always check up on our players you know when we still had stormy right um which he was he had a lot he was lived in ukraine and you know, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, we were constantly checking up on him, seeing ways we could help him out. And, you know, there's just, I mean, there's things that, you know, I can't begin to explain that have helped me in so many ways. Like The owners are amazing um, and they help out as many ways as possible. And that's one big thing is we really care about our players. It's not like, you know, we just throw a check at these players at the end of the month, say, here, just do your job. Just, you know, do your job and you can keep getting paid. No, we invest in our players and we invest in our managers and our designers and our editors. So that has a lot to do with our morale, morale and our chemistry as well. Well, that's awesome to hear. I mean, I feel like now most of the orgs in the space have 
you know, the dust has settled, all the crap's been taken outside, and most of the people left, you know, there's some new ones still coming that who knows what'll happen with those, but, you know, it seems like we're in a good place. I I don't remember, like, a a scam org popping up that recently. I mean, yeah, there was... You know, that was... That was one thing I had to deal with was a lot of people reach out to me, you know, how are you getting all, you know, they automatically assume if you sign someone like edgy, when we have our, you know, our kind of numbers, like, I mean, yeah, of course we're still working on it. We're still growing, but you know, how does an org with 30 K on Twitter sign someone who has 300 K, you know, how is that possible? They must be a scam org. They must be throwing, you know, millions of dollars at this guy and we're not, you know, we're just, you know, we have a reputation and we help our players and, you know, we, we do as many things as possible to, you know, help them engage in their brand and, you know, whatever social and, you know, whatever they need really. And I I think that is what has going or that is what has kept a lot of these orgs around. They invest in their players and it's not simply just handing over a paycheck because everyone that seems to do that doesn't seem to be here. And, you know, yeah. Your org is the people on it. So if you're not investing in the people on it, then obviously you're not investing yeah. in the business itself and it's going to go nowhere. You'll flatline eventually. So it's mm-hmm. cool to hear that, you know, Fusion provides extra for the players beyond just a paycheck and, and help. Obviously, you're working yeah. with, I think, all the players in your bio are on Fusion. So mm-hmm. that's another step just to have a content manager and a creative person uh, that is working both on the uh, org side, but also with the players, because you know at the base level, it's not the easiest thing to do for a player. You you talked about at the beginning of this podcast how much goes in to just getting a video out and doing that whole process. So taping taking some of that off the players' shoulders, the creators' shoulders, is definitely a yeah. huge help, which allows them to do more and push them further. Um, and yeah the teams as well. It's pretty cool to, to hear, you know, you speak well of everyone on the organization and how you enjoy it. It genuinely seems like a a good atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just like every, or just like every situation we've had our ups and downs, there've been points where like, you know, (laughs) how are we going to stay alive? How are we going to keep kicking um, as an org? But, you know, for the most part, I would say, you know, it's been a a really great experience. Uh, My first interaction was, you know, I I had started, you know, content management and I, you know, studied it a little bit and kind of understood the concept. And um, Collage, who um, I was on with Endless, that's how I made the connection. Uh, I DM'd him and, you know, I did some videos for Fusion when I was still an editor and I was like, okay, well, I'm kind of getting away from editing. Um, Do you guys need any content managers? And he was like... He said, would you move to Virginia? That was his first message. <laughs> and I was like, you know, as a, as a you know, six, 16, 17 year old, I'm like, you know, I, I, this is my career now. Like if you're moving and relocating, that's, that's your full-time job. I mean, it's just, it's undeniable. And I was like shocked. I was sitting in my chair like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, even that, I mean, you know, bringing that up, we had a house in Virginia. I mean, zero ping, of course, it was great having it. But ha- that had a lot to do with our chemistry and our likability as a group and like our interactions with each other. You know, inter- 
interacting through a screen, interacting in Discord is one thing, but if you meet that person in in real life, in person, it's just, it's totally different. And the experiences you can have, you know, out there, as opposed to, you know, on your computer are so much different. And, you know, we, we took all of our players to Orlando. Um, we, you know, we're planning on having a lot of stuff coming up too that, you know, we don't have the house anymore, unfortunately, um, just because, you know, with circumstances, our lease was out and it just didn't feel like, you know, it, it didn't make sense to keep it um, with how much money we were putting into it. Um, but, you know, we have a lot of, you know, different trips coming up and we have a lot of stuff planned where, you know, we don't necessarily have one location where we can always, you know, go to at, and shoot content. We have these like planned trips throughout, you know, the year where we can, you know, fly these players out and, you know, shoot a bunch of content, have a bunch of fun and, you know, interact in that way. Nice, nice. And is there anything that. Actually, no, let's take this a different way. Um, so for you personally, you've gone from an editor to a content manager now to like the creative director and helping multiple people plus an entire brand essentially like that's what fusion is it's a brand yeah um do you have goals to go higher like what do you what do you want you know best case scenario where do you see yourself in a couple of years is this your career like you just mentioned are you going to move to virginia and you know fully dive in or is there another path that you see yourself yeah taking? so i unfortunately wasn't able to move um you know with you know, I still live in my parents' house and, you know, I, I didn't really, I felt like it was a little too premature to, you know, move out of my own house and, you know, do that. But, um, I mean, I, I'm really not sure right now. Um, I guess it just depends how big this gets and how, where this takes me. Um, of course, you know, I, my goal, my goals are to grow every single channel I'm on. That's, you know, a given. Um, but you know, I mean, I'm on track to probably hit 100k soon with TK, um, or we're on track to hit 100k. I don't want to, you know, take all the, all the credit, but, um, you know, Krizix, I want to hit, you know, 50k soon, and, um, you know, I have a small channel named Bravo. Um, he deals with Somerset, and he's he's a really cool dude, and um, he has a small channel, only he's about 2,000, but uh, I want to get to, you know, maybe 10, 15. Um, and then I have other chance like sticks where, you know, he didn't upload for a period of time. And now my only goal is to just, you know, get it back up to what it was, um, which I mean, I'm doing and we even shifted our, our focus on his content. Um, a lot of his was gaming content, which is understandable because that's what he was known for. But, you know, if you know anything about his story, I mean, I'm sure on the podcast, you got to talk all about it. But, you know, his fitness and his weight loss journey and, you know, him as a person and you know, how he acts, you know, out there and in the world and, you know, his personality, we've kind of shifted focus from like, okay, constricting his, his social presence and YouTube presence on gaming and Fortnite. And then let's expand that to, you know, lifestyle and, you know, let's do some fitness, let's do some gym content, let's just do some day in the life. Let's do some stuff that, you know, your viewers can connect with and the videos have done so much better. I'm actually surprised, you know, I was like, okay, this is off the bat. I initially thought that, you know, it wouldn't do as well because it's kind of, you know, any channel where you kind of shift in your content focus, you know, it would kind of hurt the numbers a little bit, but we've actually been doing better since we've done the IRL content. So wow. I'm really excited about that. 
Yeah, that's cool. He he did actually talk about that, and he he was excited too. So it's cool to see like both sides. Like you probably had this vision for him, and like he now is executing your ideas, and vice versa. He's probably throwing you stuff. So if you guys want, definitely go check out that previous podcast with Sticks. It was the first one. Good guy, um, and you'll hear both these these two talk about the same things so, of you know making that shift. Uh, so. We're coming up on about an hour. Don't want to keep you for too much longer, but do definitely appreciate you coming here, sharing yeah, a sure. lot. Uh, and to, mm-hmm. to wrap up, I got two questions for you. Don't know if you've listened to any of the podcast yet. So fire away. If you have, you know, the first question, uh, what is your favorite Fortnite skin? Oh man. Um, I don't know the name of it, but it's, or no, not that one probably uh the skin i use a lot it's it used to be popular crystal um it used to be popular like you know maybe last chapter um chapter four that and but i feel like right now it's kind of like you know not as many people use it i'm like okay i like to use it a little bit so all right cool and secondly where can people find you um you can go ahead and shout out to fusion youtube Um, if you want as well yeah, so my Twitter, um, it's right underneath me, heaven two ends underscore. Um, yeah, I uh, Fusion FSGG is my org. Um, you can find them on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we usually go by Fusion FSGG on all those. YouTube is Fusion Esports. Um, I, I would shout out my clients, but I feel like that's a little too much. No, fire away, um, man. All right, uh, let's see. TK Lol uh sticks fn i believe uh bravo fnbr and then krizix c-r-i-i-z-u-x boom hey it's the end of a podcast someone was listening for out for an hour they're not gonna be like ah oh, this this dude's shouting out some random creators we can't have that um no but thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate yeah, it bro. of course thank you thank you for having me bro it was, it was really nice of course of course and uh best of luck to you i i hope to to see all your creators channels and also the fusion channel continue to succeed so that is all we have. Thank you for listening or watching another episode of the FN story. My dog is barking, so hopefully you don't hear that too much. Anyway, appreciate you guys. You all have a wonderful day. If you have any complaints or great comments about how the episode went, make sure to give me a shout. Somebody's gun on Twitter. Thank you all so much, and I'll see you next time.